Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. My name is Lance Borden, and this week we're starting a new series called The Healthy Soul. You know, we have three parts because we're created in the image of God, who is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in His image, we have three parts, spirit, soul, and body. We know a lot about the body because it's studied ad nauseum with medical science, and we see it in the mirror every day. If we are Christians or if we are religious, we explore the spiritual side of our being, but not a lot is said or taught about the soul. And this week, part one of The Healthy Soul, we're going to be listening into Dr. Connie's radio show where she and her daughter-in-law, Julie Borden, define the soul and its parts. And it really lays a great foundation for the rest of this podcast series where we're going to be talking about how to maintain a healthy soul, how it gets wounded, and how it can be healed. So let's listen in now to Dr. Connie Borden and her daughter-in-law, Julie Borden, my wife, part one of this series on the healthy soul. We have a real privilege and treat today because Julie Borden, who I call my daughter-in-love, she's really my daughter-in-law, but she's the wife of Lance that you've heard many times on this show. And she's hosted and done the show with Lance, some of you that are regular listeners may know, is here today. How are you, Julie? I'm good today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to get to just share what God has put on our heart. And I'm also excited to have a little break from the kiddos. So Lance is with the kids today. So just shout out to him. Thank you, honey, for doing that. Amen. And your two, your oldest two are actually at baseball camp, right? They are. So he gets to hobnob with your youngest, who's about... 20 months now. She is. Yeah, she's a, a real treat. So um, I just want to say a little bit about Julie. You may not know her quite as well uh, since it's been a little while since she's been out here, but she is definitely an integral part of our ministry. She's a, a board member um, as far as Totally Transform Ministries. Of course, behind every great man, there's a great woman, and she's definitely one of those. Um, she has supported the ministry from the very beginning, um, even when Lance and Julie were even dating, she's had a heart for what we're doing here. And uh, she's also experienced uh, wounding and healing. And uh, she shared uh, and will share at seminars. She shared the last one on Freedom Friday on March 9th that we did. And um, she also is very involved in women ministries um, through Gateway, where we all go to church through Pink. One of the main things she helps us with at Totally Transformed, among many things, is that she is like the event coordinator. So any of you that came to March 9th um, and enjoyed that wonderful day, which we're going to have another one we'll talk about in a minute, she was like the one that coordinated it with the heads of the Hope Center, coordinated the food um, she goes before it and plans the, the place that we're having it and takes care of all those nuts and bolts, which, you know, I just want everyone to know if you are like known on the front s- uh, scenes of any ministry, like you may know me, it's always a team. It's always a group. And I always say to you that are listening and even praying for us that the reward is always the same. You know, regardless of whether you know who's doing it, I couldn't do it without her. I couldn't do it without Lance. I couldn't do it without my husband, Bill. So, Julie, is there anything you want to say about that? Yeah, well, we know we had a fantastic event March 9th, and we are thrilled to be doing another event, uh, another Freedom Friday on August 24th at the Hope Center. Right. So if you have not 
been able to go online yet to totally transform uh, totally transform dot org. Uh-huh. You need to go there. You can get your ticket there. It'll be a fabulous day of ministry, of worship, of uh, getting to hear from Dr. Connie, just really gaining wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the word of healing, of truth. So we just uh, hope to see you there. Uh, you can uh, get your ticket online at totallytransform.org. You know, Julie and I have a lot in common because she is or was and is a teacher. She was a teacher uh, in elementary school. I had an elementary education degree and taught for 18 years before I went back and got my degrees to be a psychologist and therapist. But she also homeschools her children. And so we have a real heart for children, for parenting, for building children. Um, I always say you either build children or repair adults. And we're all part of all that. We really felt like building Lance, and she had great uh, input from her family to be built in quality, even though you've heard from some of us that we've had some wounding that she may talk about today. But the bottom line is we understand that if you have a firm foundation growing up, a Christian foundation, if you're secure, if you know people love you, if they take time to be with you, not just do things for you, and they don't wound you, and abuse you, which is pretty hard. None of us are perfect parents, but that's the forerunner um, to what we hope is going on through our ministry, though I don't see children directly and children don't directly come to the seminars. But then if that didn't happen, which it doesn't happen so often today um, for various reasons, um, then we have now Totally Transformed Ministries and Born Psychological Services, both here um, in the DFW area. If you can Come for one-on-one care. You can go to drconnie.com, D-R-C-O-N-N, I mean, drconnie.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-C-O-N-N-I-E.com, and you can find out all about one-on-one care if you can do that. But now, if you can't afford that or you can't do that often enough or you just don't want to do that, I don't know. The seminars gives a composite, comprehensive overview in one day, basically. Right, Julie? That's right. And, yes. we, and we minister one-on-one and in a group. Go ahead, That's right. Yeah. I just uh, want to say to anyone who's listening that if there's something heavy on your heart that you are struggling with, that you just don't feel like you are walking the, the life that Jesus paid for you to walk, come. Yeah. Try it out. It's yeah. only one day. Right. You get breakfast and lunch. That's the only thing you got out of it. You yeah. got your food, but yeah. you'll, you'll definitely get a lot more. And uh, like Dr. Connie said, we have a team of ministers that will be there to be able to pray with you, encourage you, lift you up. And it might just be the thing that you need to just really start a journey of healing because we have to start somewhere. We do have to start somewhere. You know, that's what's so exciting. I think people come that don't know anything about the principles. Others come that maybe have had some healing because healing is progressive and it usually takes more than one exposure. Uh, I like the anointing that can be presented in corporate worship and a lot of people coming together to pray, to understand the principles. But also, I like it that people um, can come at any stage. And like we were talking on the way over, they you can come even if you want to be equipped right. to help other people because I don't know anybody that doesn't know someone that's hurt. Well, and sometimes we feel like we need to get it together a little bit more than we have it before we can go into a seminar. Yeah. And I think that's just such a lie. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. We've had people who have literally cried through an entire seminar. Right. But they left with some equipping. They left with some encouragement. And right. so don't let yourself think that you have to have it together a little bit before I can walk into those doors. 
you might be as broken as you've ever been, our doors are open for you to come. Absolutely. And just last but not least, and we might spend most of this first segment about this, but it's important because one's coming up uh, next month, is that the Hope Center is, I would go there just to veg if I wasn't going to a <laughs> seminar because the facility is so beautiful, stone, glass, walking gardens, food is good, big place. You can get by yourself with the Lord and the Bible or you can take a friend and and uh, share about what you're learning or what you need or prayer that you need. And so, and we're in a bigger venue this time. That's right. Bigger room. So I think there'll be more um, space like Absolutely. to eat. You could eat in the room that we're having the seminar. You could go somewhere else. And um, I just think it's, it's really uh, good if they can come. So don't delay. Go there, totallytransformed.org, and please uh, register so you have your place. And then you're sent a ticket. You'll see the process that my son Lance has um, worked through that website. And he's our uh, guy that does that and so many other things. What would we do without Lance, I, right? I, you don't, I don't even want to know. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if you've been a regular listener, uh, you know what we're doing in the last few weeks is kind of doing a preset of study and principles to the seminar. We've done that before when I've been uh, on the air and you can go to totallytransformedradio.com if you're just driving through town and you've never listened to this show and you're just catching a few minutes, you can hear this entire show at totallytransformedradio.com. It's the top of the archival set. If you want to listen to it again or you just caught part of it and you want to get the beginning, whatever you want to do, or why you want to do it, or there's lots of series there, Julie, that they can hear the whole principle of how to heal the soul, because we've been doing this show for like 10 years. So we picked specific series. I don't think there's probably a topic that plagues the Christian today that's not there, like on depression, anxiety, fear, marital issues. So there's a great litany to choose from. Also, you can now get my book, Saved But Not Free, Saved But Not Free at savedbutnotfree.com. If you want to read the book, we'll have books at the seminar personally signed that you can buy through the ministry. And so there's lots of ways if you want to get pre-equipped before you come to the seminar. But at the same time, I think somebody could walk in and not know a thing about the principles and be comprehensively enlightened. Absolutely. This last seminar, we had a lady come in who had heard about the seminar 45 minutes just on the radio, heard about it. And she thought, I'm just going to try to come in and just see if I can get a ticket. And she did. She didn't really know much about Dr. Connie. She didn't know much about our ministry, but she came in and she was definitely blessed by what she received that day. So we encourage you, if you hear about, um, or you, you, um, don't know much about our ministry, just come. Amen. We'd love to share with you what God's put on our heart. What I've found, Julie, is that we are triune. It says in Genesis that we are created after their image. And there is referring to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it makes sense that we are spirit, we live in a body, and we have a soul. That right there is just mind-blowing. It is. I did not know that for years, being a Christian most of my life, just that Obviously, I knew of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I had no idea I, too, was triune. Right. And when you don't know that or you know it and you don't really break it down, my concern and what I've seen now in being in this ministry and practicing in the DFW area as a psychologist for the years I've had, that the enemy works through what we don't know. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. Right. 
And so the Lord has graced us and me with looking at, okay, I was raised in a Christian home, pastor parents uh, that were wounded in their soul and broken in their heart. And you can again read the book, Save But Not Free. I'm not going to talk about that all today. But I began to study when I grew up and got married, graduated from ORU, had a teaching degree in elementary education, that I was still in trouble. I was angry. I was fearful. I was anxious. Um, I didn't get along with my husband, according to the fruit of the spirit. And fortunately, I said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to let this go. I'm just not going to live this way. I'm going to press into the Lord and we're going to press into each other to find out why. And, you know, the word says in James 1, if you lack wisdom, ask and he'll give it to you liberally. Right. So one of the things that the Lord imparted with us is what we're talking to us is what we're talking about today, that the soul is definitely part of our triune being. Here's a couple scriptures to back it up. First Thessalonians 5.23b says, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, when the Lord began ministering these truths to us, I thought, hmm, I don't see just may your whole spirit and body be kept blameless. Uh, there's a soul there. What is that? Right. You know, what? Well, how do you do that? Right? Right. Yeah, we, we just don't hear about the soul. I can't think of a sermon growing up that I heard the, the pastor talk about the soul. Yeah, and when you hear about the soul, it's kind of this ethereal thing, uh, you know, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and strength. Is it a, a, t- a scripture? And I think it's in Deuteronomy. Uh, which really can be break it, broken down to spirit, soul, and body. Right. Heart, soul, and strength. We kind of jump over. We kind of jump over it. And, um, you know, another verse is Third John 1, 2, which I think is really profound. My dear friends, I pray that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So if you take that seriously, if your soul's not prospering, that means that you may not be prospering in your relationships, uh, financially, in your life, in your Christianity, in your significance, in your fruit, and in your health. And in the book, I talk about disease, disease, not being at ease. I think a lot of our mal- maladies, whether they're physical or emotional or mental, is coming from a soul that's damaged. So we have defined the soul. We've defined the soul as the mind. And we've defined the mind in its functions. And that's really important for what we do because your mind can think, it can imagine, and it can remember. And here's our contention. If it thinks and imagines and remembers the word and truth and joy and peace and love, even though that's a battle sometimes, you're going to be in a significant way of strength to be able to lead with strength. Right. Right. And what we say then besides that, it's the mind that thinks, imagines and remembers the will and the emotions. So basically, if you understand that as your soul, this is what we conclude, that what you set your will to think, imagine and remember will definitely affect your emotions. So if you set your will to think, imagine and remember the things of the Lord, the good things of your blessings, what you appreciate what he says about you, even if you don't feel it, then your emotions, which so many people come to see me that their emotions are just, you know, really messed up as far as being anxious or fearful or angry will follow. 
but it can be a process, right? Absolutely. And something you say in your book, if, if anyone out there has Dr. Connie's book, Say But Not Free, page 34, I want to read to you something she says. She says, emotional reactions can be the warning signals that you have soul wounds, just like pain and a physical reaction and warning signal that you have physical wounds or a disease. What stood out there to me is that we have reactions that we don't even realize we're reacting to, right? Yeah. So when you can start thinking about the reactions you have Mm -hmm. and then, well, why am I reacting that way? Then that really allows the Lord to start helping you process these things that maybe have been done to you, that you have done that's been wounding your soul. So I have an example of something I remembered as soon as I read that sentence in your book, I was reminded of something that happened to me when I was dating Lance. And um, I know you know my story, but to uh, just share a little bit with the listening audience, I come from a background of being fatherless. My dad left when I was a baby. He was never in the picture. So I have experienced a lot of rejection. Well, anytime we experience something negative, we're going to have some kind of wall put up. And the kind of wall I chose was sarcasm. Yeah. I walked in sarcasm my whole life. No one really pointed that out until I was dating Lance. (laughs) And I can still remember one night he was over at my apartment and he just sat me down graciously, very kind, yet very concerned. And he said, do you know how sarcastic you are being towards me and how hurtful it is? When I said I had, I didn't know I was kind of shocked by that. That's been the way of my life forever. Right. Well, he was, thankfully he pointed that out, but he also said, you've got to work on this. You've got to overcome this because I can't continue to be in a relationship with you because of the hurt you have. And then the hurt you're doing to me, as you always say, Dr. Connie hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was doing with my sarcasm. So thankfully he had enough boldness and love for me to share that with me that night. And I didn't even realize it. I needed him to point that out to me that I had sarcasm and I was using it to cover up pain and hurt that Mm -hmm. I had. Mm -hmm. So really for me, even though I had walked through a season of healing from my wounds from my dad, I still, even though I had come into some healing, was using sarcasm to try to protect and guard some of that hurt I had not yet gotten healed. That's just such a perfect example. And, you know, I love it that you're bringing fresh examples from your life. People can read uh, my example, how I walked in a reaction of anger. So I'm not going to go there, but I want to break that down as far as principles, because first of all, we are saved. You were saved, right? You were wrought up in the church. You had gone through some healing and that's a perfect testimony for the fact that our soul goes through a process of lifetime sanctification. The Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman. He doesn't lay it all on you at once. Thank God. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. And thank God, literally, mm-hmm. um, not in a, a trite statement. I thank God that right. he's. It would be too much. Exactly. And sometimes you're not ready to deal with some things right. or sometimes, like you said, you're not aware. But the proof of the pudding is that if, like you read that sentence, if you notice something that's a chronic habit or you don't notice it and somebody else points it out to you, you said it just totally correct. We're trying to um, make up and do a defense mechanism for being hurt or when we don't feel secure. And that's a reaction, whether we realize it or not. And what I find with clients and myself and in this study is that we are... Um, clear about the big sins like murder, 
and adultery right. and stealing. But these little foxes that spoil the vine is what the Lord, I believe, is after and are evident if you're hurt. Because, you know, you would never do that. You'd never go out and kill somebody. Not my intention. No. You might right. get angry. But really what we're talking about is the difference between a reaction and a response. Something happens to you that triggers this wound in your soul or your heart, and you feel insecure because right. you've already been wounded. So you've developed a defense mechanism, more emotion than the situation calls for, and you're not handling it well, and it's destructive, which is the definition of a reaction, where it's not that we're not going to respond. We do have responses if we, something is said or done that doesn't feel good, but we should have the emotion that the situation calls for, and we can handle it. So we're going to break again. I just want to exhort our listeners to think about that a minute, the difference between a reaction and response. Think about Julie's example and the fact that if you're not handling your emotions, they can become strongholds. They can define you. They can be destructive and they can denote our most important point that you need healing on the inside, which is what the seminars, the book and our whole ministry and practice is about. Don't stay with those things. Don't live with those things because the root of bitterness will rise up and defile many and it will have a negative effect. The bottom line is, I want to talk about this um, example from my book. If you don't have functioning nerves on a certain part of your skin, we would say you were numb in that area. As a result, you wouldn't know when that part of you was hurting and it needed attention of a doctor or some medical uh, treatment. Till then, you could just live with it. If you didn't have nerves, sometimes we were sorry that we have nerves because it hurts so bad, you know, when we have an injury. Right. Right. But God knew what he was doing. Um, a pain that doesn't go away means you have a physical problem. And so you go to a doctor for him to define what you can't through tests or scans or whatever. And what we're saying is, likewise, though we don't define the, the soul and the parts of the soul and the inside of us, we can't see it. That's why the enemy has such a heyday, because he works, as it were, in the dark. He works what we can't see. And so we could say that you're numb to your soul. That's why we're defining it today. Because first of all, no one's defined it for you. No one's told you you're triune, even though we've read scriptures to support that. And most importantly, you can be reacting out of a sick soul, out of a wounded soul, out of a broken heart with reactions like anger, anxiety, fear, sarcasm, like you said in the last segment, um, and just think it's normal and just put up with it. When you know it can be destructive or if you don't know, you could be numb to it. Right. Just like if you didn't have nerves. Right. And well, that, and as those nerves, if you're, you're using your physical example, you begin to have healing again. I'm sorry, you begin to have feeling again, then it can actually hurt. Yeah. And I think about that when you allow the Lord to start letting you process hurts. Yes. It can hurt. Yes. Right. It can yes. be a hard, difficult journey. Yes. And Satan then can come in and stop. Right. Yes. He wants to kill, steal and destroy. And he the last thing he wants is for us to be healed and walking in freedom. Yes. So I want to encourage those listening that when you begin to realize your soul has been damaged, and you've been wounded, the process to walk into freedom might be difficult. It Absolutely. might be hard to address some of the things that have been done to you, but it is always worth it to get Jesus's freedom, to get the healing that he bought for us on the cross. I often say to people that I'm ministering to that it might feel worse. It might it for a moment, better. but it's only a moment. Right. But it is those reasons because the enemy will work overtime. 
to make sure to interfere, to delay, to, I'm just telling you, if you're thinking about coming to this seminar, expect him to try to talk you out of it Absolutely. for some reason, because he, he doesn't want you to be saved, but if you're saved, but not free, he's almost got as much mileage in your life as if you're not saved. Not quite. You have eternal life. But if you, what I say is if you get in the boat being saved as an analogy and you don't have any rows to get to the other side of the river or to your destination or to be a destined Christian of significance, then your life on earth may be miserable and it could affect your eternity. Right. right? In my journey of healing, the Lord um, had me do something that seemed fairly radical to me, which was he asked me to go meet my dad. Yes. I had never met my dad and at 19 years old. I found myself sitting at a restaurant across from my dad, getting yeah. to have a conversation with him and sharing forgiveness with him. And it was an incredible experience the Lord used to bring some healing into my life. And not a probably a week later, the enemy came in and just started firing at me. And I was so discouraged. I was so confused by why I did that. Why did the Lord have me do that? And for the first time in my life, I drank alcohol. I was 19 years old mm-hmm. and the, the enemy just came in and flooded me mm-hmm. with what he loves to do mm-hmm. is discourage us to keep us from walking in God's ways. Amen. And he did that to me for a month or two. And finally, I realized what was happening. Right. I was realizing the attacks of the enemy. Yeah. And so, you know, we need to be prepared for that. When we begin a a journey of healing, know that the enemy hates it, that he wants us to be wounded. He wants us to be discouraged and he's going to throw anything at us and everything at us that he can to keep us walking in freedom. And you know what he'll do um, and what he was doing there to you, but just even to define it more, I said the mind thinks, imagines, and remembers. So he'll have you think lies. Absolutely. About he is what you're the doing. father of lies. Correct. He's the accuser of the brethren, too. Right. So he'll have you think lies about what you're doing or about yourself. He'll have you imagine things that are not true. Like, for example, you made the step to reconcile as much as possible with your father and get your heart clear to live with him or about him with your heart clear, regardless of what he did. But he'll lie to you and have you imagine that, oh, it didn't do any good. Oh, absolutely. You know, that uh, whatever. It's pointless. Exactly. Exactly. And then if you have memories, which I know you do, uh, and I know I did, about the interaction that was wounding and and negative in his life um, or in your life from his life, he'll have you go back to those. And sometimes, you know, taking the scab off the wound kind of is what I say is like, Stepping out and opening your heart to the Lord. In fact, next week or in the next couple of weeks, when we go through the steps to healing, confessing and agreeing with the Lord that you've got stuff in your heart, even against your offender, if it wasn't your fault, and forgiving them. Right. That's what you're talking about. That's what opens your heart. And sometimes we try to forgive and we don't confess. And sometimes we try to confess and we don't forgive. That wasn't your fault in what your dad did to you or didn't do for you and leaving you at a very young age. But it now becomes your responsibility as an adult to get your heart clear to the Lord and clear about your offender. I always say it takes one to forgive and two to reconcile. We can't control if our offender wants to reconcile or we can have a relationship, right? Right. But we can be clear, right? In in, in our offense, in our reactions, in all those kind of things. And that is our responsibility. 
you know, I say a perfect heart. None of us are perfect. You know, Jesus was the only perfect one. But he did say, be perfect as my father in heaven is perfect. So I asked him about that one time. I said, wait a minute, you're the only perfect one. You're only the only sinless one. How can we be perfect? And I felt like the truth I got was we can have a perfect heart, meaning that we're not walking in practice sin. Because if you walk in practice sin without repentance, we're all sinners saved by grace. You know, sanctification is a lifetime process. But if we walk in practice sin, let's just say you have an alcohol problem or a drinking problem and you just keep doing it and you just keep doing it. And you never get free. You never repent. Uh, even though you're a Christian, that can damage your soul and damage your life. So a perfect heart, you've got to be aware what's in your heart. Repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you. And you can't hold offense against other people. You might not be able to reconcile, but if you're hurt, you at least got to be real with yourself and the Lord. Uh, sometimes the Lord will direct you to go to the person as he directed you and me. I did that to my father too. But sometimes you just have to say, look, I'm going to let this go. Love hardly notices when others do it wrong. We're all in the process of growing and I'm going to confess my hurt or my reaction to it. And I'm going to forgive that offender, whether the offender knew they offended you or not. Cause sometimes we don't even know when we offend other people. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't. So then your heart's clear. You have a perfect heart at any one particular moment. And sometimes that's a process. It's definitely a process because as, as a, if you as a child have been wounded over and over and over, because what happens is you don't know what to do with it. You're not cognitively and spiritually mature. And if you don't have guidance by godly parents, which most and many people, I wouldn't say most, but many Christians don't. I had godly parents supposedly to the outside, but it was not affecting me in a positive way. So the guidance was not there. So what are children left to do? But just stuff it. Stuff their hurts. Their, I say that they get, have a God-given resiliency. I mean, I went all through school. You went all through school. We achieved. We, we did well. Um, but we did they, well on the outside. Correct. To people, we were doing well. But on the inside, yeah. we were broken. Yeah, and I was even, uh, I met your poppy, uh, your kid's poppy, and, and your dad in love uh, at ORU. And we were both spirit-filled Christians, ORU graduates, in love with the Lord and each other in ministry. But we had a cesspool of hurt and wounding from what had happened to us that, again, was not our fault. We didn't choose our parents. None of us choose our parents. Some parents are great. Some are not so great. Nobody's perfect. Um, but it was affecting our inability or our ability. It was giving us an inability to connect with each other eventually when we got married and to relate to other people in perfect love. You know, the word says when we become believers, we are no longer a slave to sin, mm. but a slave to righteousness. Amen. And I know a lot of believers out there are not walking in righteousness. I mean, that's incredible that I wake up every day and I get to be righteous. And I actually, with our two older kids this morning, as I was taking them to baseball camp, we put on the armor of God. And one of the things is the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. And I was telling them that you are righteous just as Jesus is righteous. And so everything that Jesus has, he wants for us. Amen. And we don't have to be a slave to the sin, slave to the hurt and the wound. But we get to walk a righteous life just as Jesus paid for us to walk. We can be taught we're the righteousness of God in Christ. And you should teach your children that. We don't earn our salvation, Julie. It's not no, by works don't. of righteousness we have done, but according to his mercy, we are saved. And we know that. But what the big, uh, I call it the stealth missile 
of Satan is, is like this whole show is about. If you don't know you have a soul, a mind that thinks, imagines, remembers, a will and emotions, if you don't submit that to the Spirit of God, if you don't spend time in his presence, if you don't spend time in the Word, because that's why the show is called Totally Transformed. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And like we said in the last segment, Satan is all with three people speaking to you all the time. Satan, the Godhead, and yourself. If you agree with Satan, guess what? You're going to believe lies. So your mind has a choice. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle to the knowledge of God and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ, punishing every disobedience with obedience. That is an understood you. You take those thoughts captive. You think about what you're thinking about. And here's the problem with our soul. We are righteous through Christ. It was completed at Calvary. If you got saved, he imputes that to us. But we feel unrighteous. We think unrighteous. We imagine unrighteous. We remember unrighteousness because we've been offended and wounded. It can actually be easier to think on a lie than to think on a truth. Particularly in this negative world. When you're bombarded by all the anger and vitriol out there. And if you've had many years growing up of negativity. Absolutely. That wasn't God's purpose, right? I can remember at age eight, starting to have nightmares of losing people in my family. So death and and loss. And I've carried that with me my whole life. Yeah. And, you know, I can remember one day I was a young mom and just struggling, tired. And my thoughts were not of the Lord. They were very negative of myself and just um, thinking I was going to lose my child. So death was very heavy on my mind. And I started thinking about what I was thinking about, which is something I heard from you. When I became a board and I learned many things, that's one of the things I learned. Think about what you're thinking about. And I would encourage you listening to start doing that. Right. And as I did, I realized I am thinking about terrible things. I'm thinking about things that are not in the word that are not what God say I am, but who Satan says I am and wants to accuse me of. But then I realized I'm going to have to go to battle and it is a battle. It is. You actually feel like you are in battle and think about it. Why does God give us the armor? Because he knows we're going to be in battle. Like every minute when you wake up in the morning and you start your day, he is strategizing against you because he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's why we try in our home to put on, the uh, the armor every single morning. I told my kids this morning, if it's like leaving the house without your clothes on, and right. they of course thought that was hilarious, right. picturing them themselves exactly. leaving the house without their clothes on. But yeah. it's just like that in the spirit realm. Absolutely, when we leave without our armor, we are not going to be able to defeat, defeat the enemy. Right. Um. So think about what you're thinking about. Realize it's going to be a battle. But once you start to train your mind, it becomes so much easier. Especially once, if you choose. You know, my mind's on autom- automatic. I can let the enemy or the world or the radio, and, you know, you don't have to be out of tune with everything. Uh, you have to be abreast of what's going on. But what do you meditate on? Because Psalms 1 says, meditate on my word day and night and you'll have success. That is what is not happening enough in the sense of memorizing and meditating on the word because it is the sword. It's also the sword in the armor, right? And this can happen any time in your life. Yes. You can think you're healed and then realize 
you go weeks without spending time with the Lord and or days even. I mean, we have to daily get into the word. Amen. That's our food. That's our water. That's our breath. It is the word of God. Yes. And I mean, if you start going a day, two days, you're probably going to realize you're getting hit. You're getting these attacks that you're not able to defend because you aren't built up in the word of God. And that's the big problem. You think you're sailing and there's nothing going wrong. The enemy draws you away and distracts you. And just like if you don't eat, drink and breathe, you'll die physically. If you don't eat, drink and breathe, you'll die spiritually. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then you face a trial or something that happens in life or an attack and you're completely unequipped. I mean, in the book, I say, if you go, if you're sent over to Iraq and you don't have any equipment and you don't study the strategies of your enemy, you're going to be wounded and probably killed and at the very least taken out of the battle so you can go to the hospital and be replenished. Right. We want to be replenished every day by a choice, according to those scriptures in Corinthians. We want to choose what we're thinking about on a regular basis because Satan is going to try to weaken you and deter you. That's his goal every day. Every day, all the time, and not have you be strong. You're strong in the spirit because you accepted Christ in your spirit, but that spirit has to be built up through the soul, which is the mind that thinks, imagines, remembers the will and the emotions. And that will affect your body because third John two says we prosper and we're in health as our soul prospers. So these are the keys. I want to plug um, the five R's to victory to your thought life that is available at totallytransformradio.com or totallytransform.org. It's a resource. You can copy it. Uh, you can uh, download it and, and print it. For yourself, uh, it goes through the five R's that you need to recognize what you're thinking about, rebuke the devil in Jesus' name, resist the appropriate spirit, uh, recite the word and rejoice. But this handout goes into great detail of how you should do that, and it even has a plan for how to memorize the word uh, so that you can get it down inside. And this is what I want to tell my listeners. Don't memorize the whole book of Ephesians. Memorize one scripture. If you're grappling with fear or anxiety or uh, anger, just take one scripture that applies and let it renew the neural pathways of your brain because they're on automatic to think angry thoughts or whatever you want to put in there, right? That's right. So it will renew your mind because that's what the word says. And then uh, we're in the last segment already. I, I want you to know that there's lots of scriptures that define the mind, the thoughts, the imaginations, the memories, the will, and the emotions. You can Google mind scriptures in the Bible. You can go to your concordance. But the parts of the soul that we've identified are very supported and real in the word. It's just that when we put it in a triuneness, triuneness and you know that you have a part that the enemy is trying to speak to, and it has, and particularly if it's been wounded. You know, the example, Julie, if you have a wound on your body and you don't disinfect it and stitch it up, it'll get worse. It'll get infected. You have to cut off your arm or you might die. And we can be wounded in our soul, broken in our heart. David lamented in Psalms, why are you wounded, O oh my soul? And not turn to the Lord. He's the only one the same yesterday, today, and forever right? He can heal those memories. He can heal those imaginations. He can transform your thoughts through the word. He can absolutely come and do what he said in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4, 18 and 19, heal the broken heart and set at liberty those that are bound. So there's no excuse in the DFW area. 
You can go to drconnie.com. You can plug up if you want one-on-one care. You can come to a seminar one day, uh, August 24th. You can put that on your thing. It's a Friday. I know that's hard sometimes for people that work, but it'd be well worth it to take the day off. And I would encourage those listening to ask yourself, is my soul prospering? Is my will, is my mind, is my emotions, are they prospering? Amen. Just as you read to us, 3 John 2. And am I reacting? Am I under the bus because of what somebody did to offend me or hurt me? And that's not wrong. We do have feelings. Jesus wept. Yeah, he did. He wept over Jerusalem. He wept when John the Baptist's head was cut off. But you notice he had a pattern. He went to the mountain and prayed. And, you know, he was the word. He used the word against the enemy when the enemy tempted him in the wilderness. And he was the word. How much more do we need to? So we're calling out to you and saying, don't stay in a reactionary, discouraged, depressed, wounded uh, state. Because you can let the Holy Spirit and the Lord and the hands and feet of the Lord minister to you through people at this seminar. And we would love for you to do that. That's why we exist. We want you to be set free. We have the tools and the patterns and the people and the anointing and uh, the teaching to get you there. And so come go to totallytransformed.org right now. Sign up. Uh, I say to people, um, if this isn't set, It'll affect the rest of your life. If you're not healed, you might be functioning, but you're functioning with numb nerves. You're functioning with hurt, wounded souls, right? That's right. We are for you. And the word says God is for you. So who can be against you? Amen. God is for you and he's for you having a healthy soul. And that's really what this podcast series is all about on the soul. What a great start here with part one. And again, next week we'll continue to define the soul and how it gets hurt and how it can be healed on the Totally Transformed podcast. Don't forget, Freedom Friday is August 24th at the Hope Center in Plano, Texas. If you'd like to be a part of that, reserve your seat at totallytransformed.org and click on the banner on the homepage that advertises the event, or you can go to totallytransformed.eventbrite.com to reserve your seat there. Thank you for joining us this week. Join us next week for part two of The Healthy Soul.